Rethink Retail, the evolution of retail in today's connected world. Welcome to the Rethink Retail Show, your source for the most recent trends and innovations in commerce. Join host Paul Lewis, CMO at Valtech, a global digital agency focused on strategy and transformation in retail, as he explores the most recent trends and innovations in commerce. This episode of Rethink Retail, sponsored by Valtech, where experiences are engineered. Hi, welcome to another edition of Rethink Retail. Today, my guest is Susan Retta. She's the editor of Stores Media, the publishing division of the National Retail Federation. She is responsible for developing all content for the magazine and additional stores properties. In addition to her busy role with stores, she's also the NRF's Vice President of Education Strategy. Susan has a long history of covering current trends in retail. In fact, before joining the NRF, She was the editor at Apparel Merchandising Magazine. So, Susan, let's start out with telling a bit more about yourself and and what you do. Sure. So, I have been involved in retail in some form of another for multiple decades. So, that gives you an idea of how long I've been doing this. I actually landed my first job out of journalism school with a small publication called Hosiery and Underwear Magazine. But uh, lucky for me, it was at a pivotal time in the hosiery industry when people started to wear lots of color and pattern on their legs. And so it had shifted from nude um, being the predominant color and people buying their hosiery in an egg to finally a department store really showcasing um, the fashion in hosiery. So I really... It was just a lucky time. Um, I look back and wonder how in the world we filled, we came up with 10 different story ideas about socks and hosiery, but we did. And um, it was probably great training for the years of writing about retail um, that have now um, followed that. So um, I I have just um, been very fortunate to be in retail all these years. Yeah, and you have been with the NRF, uh, as you mentioned, for a while now. You've probably seen a lot of changes uh, in the retail industry. What what are some of the ones that you felt were the most profound, or or maybe it's the ones we're going through right now? Yeah, I mean, um, gee, I joined NRF um, in, believe it or not, April of 1991. Um, and at that time, I was just freelancing for them, um, and I have just kind of uh, stayed the course over all these years, but I have been so fortunate to witness the birth of so many things that today in retail we accept as commonplace, but um, one of my early beats, um, as we call them in the journalism industry, was e-commerce. Um, so nobody knew what it was about. Um, I can remember being at the very earliest conferences um, covering e-commerce and geez, it looked like, you know, a science presentation because there were just, you know, poster boards of people trying to describe how this was going to work. But there was such an energy about e-commerce. You know, you could almost watch people sit in rooms, hear presentations, and then race to the phones because we didn't have smartphones then. And they were calling their bosses and whatever and saying, you know, we need to do this. We need to think about this. This is going to be the next phase. So um, 
you know, I think that's probably the biggest thing because e-commerce and digital retail, as we often call it today, has just so changed our business. But, you know, some of the other things, I mean, I, I came into this industry when department stores were really powerhouses um, and we had we were really seeing the emergence of specialty retail and there were so many specialty retailers who really were catering to um, a young consumer, the baby boomer at that time, who was just finally had their own money to spend and were spending it on all of these new great brands out there. Um, I've seen the growth of mass merchandisers like Target and Walmart, both of whom, you know, Really, those businesses were both born, so to speak, in the early 1960s, but have certainly come of age um, in the last two decades and have just become tremendous forces to be reckoned with. Um, And our good friends in Seattle, Amazon, have been around for, I think it's 22 years now. Um, So watching that little business and thinking about the first time you you logged into Amazon, we didn't even call it that, you know, at AOL.com and watched the wheel turn and heard the connection and bought a book and think about, you know, how just amazing that was. And now we've got children who are ordering via Alexa and they're getting what they want. (laughs) So, um, you know, those are some of the big things. And of course, underpinning all of that is technology. Um, the technological changes in our industry have been nothing short of radical. I can remember sitting with CEOs in the very early days of conducting interviews, and they would talk about punch cards. That was how they managed inventory. Um, Today, if you said punch card to most people in retail, they would just scrunch up their forehead and look at you like you had, you know, 10 eyes. What are you talking about? Well, I remember. <laughs> yeah, it is hard when you think back about that time. It was just a, you know, a completely different, you know, data was stored like you said on on punch cards. You mentioned about you would call to to get the information because there was no other way to to quickly connect with other people. And I remember people coming back from those early you know, 1999, 2000, 2001 times saying, I don't know what a website is, but I think we need two of them because our competitor has one. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's been a, a huge evolution that the pace at which it's changed over, you know, the last uh, 17 years has been extraordinary compared to what I, I think the change has been maybe in the, the 50 years previous to that. I think we've seen more changes in the yeah, last I would 17. agree with you. Do you recall the craziness around Y2K? Yes. We all thought that everything was going to fail. Um, and I, I, can, I can remember covering stories about how we would manage Y2K on the system side of the business. Um, and then, lo and behold, nothing really exploded. And we, we moved ahead. And we got past it. But... Again, that's something that if you say to young people involved in retail today, they just kind of will look at you like, why did you think that? <laughs> yeah. Well, because it was all so new to us. Yeah, and, and it was all over the news. I mean, I literally know someone who um, bought a place up in the hills 
And, you know, for the, 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 when Y2K, like a month before, stocked it and was all set for the end of the world that he thought was coming, you know, because of all the hype about all the systems were going to fail and the world would turn to chaos. So it was, uh, you know, it was an amazing time. Uh, and, and like you said, now when you, we don't even think about it, of course, our data has multiple backups. Um, no one is, is programming in something that is going to end just because of, um, you know, uh, the time of a year. Uh, but, uh, but at that time, it was a huge deal. Absolutely. So I would say today there's a lot of talk about traditional retail dying. And, you know, obviously there have been some store closures and it is a time of change. But I wonder what your thoughts are on that. You know, I, I think that if you find yourself in the pack of people who think that retail is dying, that you're really missing the big picture. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that stores have closed and brands have have, um, shuttered. But to separate bricks and mortar from online is really an outdated way of thinking. Um, I see shopping as very vibrant. Um, I I look around me and see retailers reimagining the shopping experience, selling to consumers through multiple channels and in multiple ways, and I think e-commerce um, has not in any way contributed to problems in our industry, but has provided tremendous opportunities for retailers of all shapes and sizes. They're embracing technology and they're making their shopping experiences online and in-store better than ever. Um, I look at so many of the new players um, whose businesses are largely direct-to-consumer. And um, and they would not exist if it were not for e-commerce. And yet, what have we seen over the last two years, maybe even a little beyond that, is that those direct-to-consumer brands are recognizing the need to have a physical footprint um, and to connect with the shopper face-to-face. So, again, I see I see it as very vibrant. Um, you know, I look back since 2016. Retail sales have actually grown faster than the GDP, and NRF is is now expecting 2018 retail sales to increase at a minimum of 4.5 percent over 2017. Those are big numbers. Um, e-commerce has grown from 8 percent of total sales to 9.5 percent just in Q1 of 2018. Um, so you got to look at the jobs picture. You know, retailers added more than 65,000 jobs in the last 12 months. Retail employment is higher today than it was before the recession. And our industry remains the number one U.S. private sector employer. So I look at those pieces and I think, no, we're, we're a business that, and an industry that is in the throes of change and challenge, but not by any means dying. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that it is creating new opportunities. You know, you talked about um, some of the direct-to-consumer and primarily online brands and that they are looking to find a physical footprint. And I, I happen to notice the, the news today about Nordstrom's partnership with, with Lively and a, a lot of other brands that are primarily direct to consumer that don't have that retail presence and trying to do exclusive 
contract deals with them to represent them. And so I think you're finding some strange bedfellows, but the industry overall is moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, You know, technology has just completely advanced our industry and, and opened doors for entrepreneurs, startups, and all of the players who are entrenched in our industry to look beyond what was and envision what can be. Um, It's made a tremendous difference. And as you look out across those technologies, are there any new technologies or technology players that you find interesting? Or are there some retail startups that are maybe approaching retail in an interesting way that you've seen? Well, on the tech side, you know, I think there are, are a number of transformative technologies that, that, I would anticipate are going to continue to impact retail for years to come. So I'm watching what's happening in machine learning and hearing um, about new ways of using artificial intelligence, both in the background and in consumer facing processes. And I think that's enormously exciting. Um, That machine learning process will enable us to get closer to the consumer, will enable personalization. Um, it just it keeps learning and because it has the ability to learn with so much data coming at it, something that the human being just cannot do, we're able to advance the industry much quicker. I am also watching things like augmented reality and voice technology, um, two things that I Again, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how retailers embrace these technologies and use them to enhance the customer journey um, and find ways to use those things to save money in sort of operational efficiencies. So, you know, on the augmented reality front, I, I've been especially enamored with some of the um, furniture and, and home retailers who have given us the chance to key in, you know, the size of your room, put a few makeshift pieces around and, and drop that couch in that you've been eyeing for two weeks or two months and find out, is it really going to fit? What's it going to look like? Have a great sense for that before I purchase it. And then probably make that purchase by clicking a button, um, because we're so much more comfortable with that technology. Um, I've seen augmented reality change the way people purchase makeup. Um, it, it can be thought of as a very young, young people embracing this and playing with lipstick colors. Um, but then you go and stand back and watch what goes on at Sephora and you recognize that it doesn't have age boundaries that people want to have a sense for how am I going to look in this? Um, Will it really enhance my eyes? Will it, you know, give me cheekbones I didn't have? Um, And when they see it and they see themselves transformed, that just fuels the purchase. Um, I'm really interested in voice technology. I think uh, we saw the start of what it might mean for retail last holiday season. And I think this year will be pivotal like so many things, so many ways that consumers interface with technology, there's that level of comfort. Um, and initially, you're kind of hesitant and you're not sure what's going to happen. But 
It happens the first time and you're delighted. It happens the second time you're tickled pink. And the third time, it better happen. Because if that doesn't get on my front doorstep in two days, I'm going to be annoyed. (laughs) And that's just sort of how we expect technology to serve us um, and how it's changing the way retailers interact with customers. So, you know, on on the tech side, I... I just see so much possibility going forward. Um, And you did ask me about retail startups. And, you know, I I look at that segment of our industry. And, again, it kind of breaks down into the startups on the technology side and the startups on the product side. So on the tech side, I find myself watching companies like um, Starship Technologies, They've created what looks like, um, it looks like a cooler, picture a Coleman cooler you might take to the beach, only it has wheels on it, and it can be used for quick deliveries. So if you were to place an order with a local restaurant, um, they could put your meal inside this cooler, and they set it off, program it on their end, and you're on the other end with your cell phone watching path of this device as it comes to you. And when it comes to you, you unlock it using the code from your cell phone and whatever technology is enabled in this device. You take out your food and it goes back in an autonomous fashion to the restaurant to make its next delivery. I look at things like that and I'm just like, wow, this is game changing. Um, there's another technology that I think is also going to really take root. Um, a lot of startups are playing with the technology that drove Amazon Go. So the idea of Amazon Go, as so many of it in so many of us in this industry have watched, is that you're going into the store, it recognizes you, it knows what you pick up off the shelf, and It charges your account upon exiting the store. Um, And I'm watching a lot of startups want to deploy that kind of technology at other retail stores using tweaks. Um, Maybe they're using cameras. Maybe they're using a different type of beacon. But they're all kind of looking for ways to to make that technology come to life. Um, and then on the, the startup side, on the product side of it, I, I think about how quickly retail startups have become entrenched in our lives. So companies that five years ago were names we hardly recognized, if at all, names like Casper and Warby Parker and Birchbox and Allbirds are now part of our retail lexicon. We know who they are. We consider their brands desirable. Um, and then there's, there's relative newbies who are finding their way quickly into our hearts and minds. I came across um, a company recently called Burrow. And if you think about Casper and what they did in the mattress category, Burrow hopes to do that with couches. And so they're selling a sustainable product. They sell it in such a way that it can be taken apart. It is sent to the consumer in multiple boxes. You unbox this. You put your couch together in record time. There is no Allen wrench. (laughs) And then 
you're ready to go. It, it's a it's a cost effective solution. It's a solution for today's consumer, particularly the urban consumer who might move more frequently. It I I would look at these things and I think, okay, this is just where our industry is headed. Um, in the beauty space, we're seeing retail startups who um, are really tuned into the customer's desire for natural products, and so companies like uh, Beauty Counter and Thrive Cosmetics are telling their story about producing products that have no uh, none of the ingredients in them that in any way compromise what today's consumer wants. They have no chemicals. They're made with natural ingredients, and um, and they're connecting with consumers. So that's a whole other avenue of startup that we're seeing happen. Really interesting times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just kind of working backwards over uh, some of the things that you just mentioned, I think the idea of the uh, self-delivery vehicles is just going to be a game changer. And also the Amazon Go environments are, you know, I'll, I'll just say without putting a brand name next to it, basically automated stores are going to become much more commonplace. And like you said, after the third time, expected. Uh, and and probably the change that will happen is the same way that when people look back and say, um, I don't know how you lived before you had a cell phone or when you didn't have permanent high bandwidth, you know, when you had that dial-up bong sound, they can't fathom it. It'll be the same thing. So you mean you went out and you talked to a person in order to pick up a product at a store <laughs> and it will, it will confuse them actually. Um, be, be hearing stories uh, from the past. And, uh, you know, you also mentioned, I, I think voices is getting to be so large. I know many of our clients uh, come to us uh, specifically about developing voice, effectively voice websites. You know, how can we respond to all the types of inquiries that can come over from these different voice devices, either directly as an app or as, as input from these AIs of you know Alexa and Siri and and Cortana and and Google. So uh, there's a lot that's happening with with voice, and I think that that will will just get very comfortable talking to computers. Right now, I think there's still a lot of us uh, that are making that transition, but I, I think in the near future we'll be doing that without any uh, compunction whatsoever. And you know, finally, you talked a little bit about the uh, the AR VR world, and I agree with you. For the right applications, you have to be careful of which ones do make sense. But I think for the right applications, like I know that we have clients that we do in the in home where people can, you know, place furniture um, or paintings or other things inside uh, their augmented reality of their living room, and, and it even scans to to know where the walls are and things like that. So it's very amazing. And we had a client. Um, uh, decathlon that has all these tents you know you talked about how does it optimize like maybe an in-store experience they have all these tents for camping for outdoor um, activities they're very large they're very hard to set up in stores and yet with an augmented reality experience people can try all you know a hundred different SKUs of tents climb inside them see how much space they take up how they pack down and, and learn everything about them where it's very hard to do that in the stores so I think for the right applications, it's an amazing frontier for, for new retail. Yeah, I think you make a great point that for each retailer, it's about understanding 
your consumer and what your consumer wants and expects from you, and then using technology to lift that experience. In my case, I have attempted AR several times. It's just not working for me. I think it's an age thing. (laughs) I'm enamored with it, but I can't really acclimate myself to it. So I don't I can't think of a retailer that caters to an older shopper, but if there was such a thing, I don't think it would work there. Um but at the same time, as I said, I'm just so energized by it. I watch people do it, I experienced it and thought, oh that is so remarkable. Um when you're wearing that headset and you realize that just by looking at a product you can see a broader description, you can see the price point, and then you actually can quickly make the purchase without moving, without taking the headset off, without, uh, this is just so next generation, and yet next generation could be two years from now or less. Uh, When I look at some of the things that are happening in Asia, my jaw drops, um, but in an exciting way because of what the future holds for retail. And and let's Double click on that for a second. As we look at the future of retail, what are some things that you see coming down the pipe and and what do retailers need to do to stay competitive in the coming age? If only I had a crystal ball. Uh, You know, it seems like a simple answer, but I think that that concept of using technology to get closer to the consumer is really one of the most important missions that companies need to have right now. Um, I, I would say that that sharp focus on, on, on core consumers, um, the need to plow money into both physical stores and websites um, are, are critical um, as, as retailers look to the future and look for ways to stay competitive. Um, I, have have talked to so many retailers over the years um, and those who seem to fight their way out of the highs and lows of this industry are those who have a greater willingness to test, fail, and repeat. Um, in our industry, we have to constantly toss everything against the wall, see what works, pick what does, and move that ahead and, and just keep that that constant testing um, at the forefront. There also needs to be a certain willingness to let go of legacy. um, And that's a very, very hard thing to do. Um, But we all have that feeling inside that, but, but it's been this way for so long. I'm reluctant to change because I've always had a consumer who came back to X. Um, But the truth is that the consumer is not the same person she was five years ago, two years ago, and in some cases, two weeks ago. So, you know, retailers today, they have to be transparent. They have to be sustainable. These are things that are super important to today's consumer. Um, And they just have to be willing to flex and to stay in touch with that consumer however they need to do it but constantly engaging your consumer to find out what's important to him or her and how you can move on that. It's critical. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with that more, you know, both in terms of the, the constant testing, um, 
I would say the last two guests uh, that I had on the, the show, uh, Daniel Burris and Veronica Sons, have both mentioned uh, that need, that same thing. If you've got to be testing, because by the time that you've got it figured out, if, if you haven't been doing that, someone else does have it figured out. And, and a lead in the marketplace these days is just so critical. Uh, so you have to put more into you know, your research, your development, your testing, trying new things and to see where they'll go. And I, I also agree that you have to let go of the legacy. You know, if you, if you think about it in many ways, Sears was the pioneer of, you know, at that time, a new technology magazine selling, you know, that way. Uh, so that we, you know, their, I think their statement was that we're opening our stores to everyone's living room. And if you think about it, that's exactly what, you know, Amazon has done just in a much more effective way. Um, and so it's that thing of, yes, it did work. It worked for a very long time, but that doesn't mean it's going to continue to work. And you have to be willing to, to really talk about the, the, the sacred cows in your organization and sometimes be willing to move away from them. You've hit the nail on the head. Well, you know, maybe just to close out, are there some companies that you think are kind of setting the bar in the retail industry these days? Are they doing something where they're pushing the envelope? We talked a little bit about some startups earlier and some technologies, but are there any main retail players, whether that be brands going direct to consumer or, or traditional retailers um, that you see setting the bar in the industry these days? There's always a handful. Um, in fact, there's way more than a handful. So I, I'll call out some companies and then I'll be annoyed at myself later for forgetting others. Um, but I would never take my eyes off Amazon. I think that there are a lot of people who are frustrated by how quickly they, <laughs> they embrace change and they adopt new things. Um, but that is what has made that company so tremendously successful in part. But I watch Amazon like a hawk because I just think their understanding of the consumer and how the today's consumer wants to shop is very interesting. And they are not the only, you know, dog in the race. Um, but they, they play a very important role in shaping the retail story. Um, and then, you know, I look at somebody like Walmart, who people wanted to write off eight years ago, five years ago, you know, Walmart can't compete. Well, excuse me, but they are competing with a vengeance. Um, I think looking at the acquisitions they've made, looking at the growth of their um, e-commerce business, the development of the labs they have, um, the partnerships they're making with global companies, um, Walmart is a force to be reckoned with. Um, some of the other big players that I keep an eye on are, um, I'm watching Macy's, uh, another company that people, people will say, oh, but Macy's is a traditional department store. Macy's is a department store, but there's nothing traditional about the way they approach their business um, and the fact that they just keep moving. They're in that boxing ring and they're ready to take on the competitors with a litany of different things that make them powerful. Um, I watch Home Depot and I watch um, how they have shifted their business to be more in sync with today's consumer. They're using technology in so many ways to 
make their business more efficient on the back end and in a customer-facing way. So I think they're really interesting. And then I think we have companies that are shaping the customer view of interaction. And I think that retailers need to watch them. And the, the company that really stands out for me is Peloton. And Peloton is the home exercise bike. And it's a luxury purchase when you think that purchasing the bike and, and shoes and a heart rate monitor or whatever else you need to really get started on that journey um, will set you back probably about $2,000. But they have such a unique connection with the community of people who have purchased that product. Um, I have never seen anything like it. Um, the social and community that they have built is is just mind-blowing. And I think that watching companies like that is important because I think that they're shaping customer expectations for the future. Um, and so if you're not finding ways to interact with your customer and share content and build communities in the way that someone like a Peloton is doing, that you're missing an opportunity to see the future of retail. Wow, that's a great summary. I think that, uh, you know, to repeat that a little bit, uh, you're saying, obviously, you have to watch the market leaders, the Amazons, what are they doing? They're innovating so fast. You have to know kind of where the industry's headed. You have to look down the road, not just what's happening right at this moment. But I agree with you that there are so many traditional players, uh, the Walmarts, the Macy's, that are completely reinventing themselves. And they've got a lot of strengths uh, that completely online business just doesn't have. And, uh, and then you have new players coming to the marketplace that are approaching it in a new way. And they really are getting the stickiness and the value of community and of connecting with the consumers. And if I really were to boil down the discussion, I would say that that's probably the biggest piece of advice is you have to know your consumer. You have to know what will connect and interact with them most effectively and, and what creates the, the best, you know, hopefully lifetime relationship with them. You said it so well. Thanks. Well, Susan, it has been a real pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for making the time. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed talking about retail. I guess you can tell. It comes easily for me. <laughs> Pretty passionate about it. Don't ask me where I shop, or unless you're prepared for an hour-long discussion. <laughs> Very hard to pin down. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you where listeners of the show could learn more. Um, obviously, they could follow the NRF. Is there any URLs or anything else or social media you'd like to throw out? You know, that doesn't come easily for me. Yes, the NRF website is, um, is a powerful way to stay in touch with all things related to what we're doing to support the industry and to educate those who are closest to um, the retail segment. Um, Stores Magazine has its own website, um, and it's www.stores.org. And please feel free to follow me on Twitter, and it's Susan underscore Redder. So happy to um, engage with anyone and interact however is most convenient. Awesome. Well, again, Susan, thanks for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All the best. You've been listening to Rethink Retail. For all the latest news on commerce and trends, join the discussion. Rethink.industries slash retail.